Amen. This morning I want to speak to you on the law of sacrifice and reward. The law of sacrifice and rewards. The kingdom of God is a sacrificial kingdom. Amen. But at the same time, it is also a rewarding kingdom. Praise God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10 and the verse number 22, it says the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. It means that there are different levels of blessings. There are blessings that when you have received, you continue to have sorrow as a package. But there is a blessing from the Lord that the Bible says the blessing of God makes rich. Amen. It means that it is not wrong to be rich. Are you here? But it must be the blessing of the Lord. It is God who blesses with riches. The blessing of God makes you satisfied. The blessings of God makes you fruitful. The blessings of God make you fulfilled. And the Bible says there is no sorrow attached to it. But to attain this level of blessing, you see, some people have things that they think is blessing, but it is not necessarily the blessing of the Lord. And sometimes our interpretation of what constitutes blessing is different from God's definition of what blessing is. Amen. So the wealth, you may have all the wealth riches, but the Bible says that it doesn't necessarily mean it is blessing. Glory be to Jesus. But there's a blessing that comes from God. And as part of that blessing, it comes with fulfillment. Hallelujah. And I want you to understand that sacrifice, when you are dealing with the things of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God has rules. And the kingdom of God is set upon laws or statutes. In fact, the whole of the universe is governed by such laws and statutes. Amen. And sacrifice is one of the keys to walking in the blessing of the Lord, especially in the things of God. You see, to sacrifice means to give up something in pursuit of something more valuable. Sacrifice means to give up something to pursue something more valuable. If I have to sacrifice something for something that is less valuable, then that is not sacrifice at all. Whenever we sacrifice, that means that we have chosen to make a choice. We have decided that something is more valuable, so we will pay some price or leave something behind to pursue something that is much better than where we were. Glory be to Jesus. And unless you don't consider what you are sacrificing for as valuable, you will not sacrifice. If what you are sacrificing for, as far as you are concerned, is not so valuable, you will not sacrifice. If you have to sacrifice some time in order to study to attain a degree, you have considered the degree much more valuable than the current time you have. So you decide not to do something so that you can do something else. Anything we decide to forego so that we do something better or something else, that something else is seen to be valuable than what we have decided to leave behind. Are you here this morning? Hallelujah. And so when we look at God and his blessing, I want you to understand that sacrifice is a law that God himself observes and has actually also put in nature for us to become successful. Amen. No, nothing will become great without sacrifice. No business will thrive without a sacrificial founder. Are you here? Anybody who starts some business have to sacrifice some things in order to get the thing going on. Anything that you want to see do well, there must be some sacrifice. And in the kingdom of God, 
Sacrifice has a way of bringing down the blessings of God. Amen. That makes rich and adds no sorrow. I want us to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 18, verses 18 to 23. And then we will look at verse 25 to 30. The Bible says that once a religious leader asks Jesus this question. Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? What should I do to get eternal life? Somebody came to Jesus to ask him, what should I do to get eternal life? Jesus then says, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Somebody comes to Jesus to ask for eternal life and is telling him, are you aware of these commandments? Amen. That you must not commit adultery. He started with that one. I also say that to you, thou shalt not commit adultery. Amen. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. It seems to be one of the diseases. I think it's worse than coronavirus. It's one of the diseases in the world today, but mostly in the house of God. You shall not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Then the Bible says, the man replied, I have obeyed all these things. Since I was young, what a righteous soul. Hallelujah. And it's not surprising because in Israel in those days, you will be stoned to death for committing fornication and adultery. You'll be stoned to death. They memorized the, the Torah from little. They, they memorized all the five books. Every Jew can recite from Genesis to Deuteronomy without looking into the Bible. They, they memorize it. So they are supposed to observe it. And the guy was very honest. He told Jesus, these things you are talking about, these things, I have observed them from my youth. And still he doesn't have eternal life. Because eternal life is in a person. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And then he says, then Jesus shifted the thing further to say, yes, obeying these commandments themselves, they are sacrifices. Amen. If I to obey the commandments of God, you have to sacrifice something. You have to sacrifice something to actually work even in these five commandments that we just read. Sometimes you have to sacrifice your reputation to obey the commandments of God. It's a sacrifice. But the Bible says that when Jesus heard the answer, he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Hallelujah. And then come and follow me. So it's not that you should just sell everything, but after you have sold everything, come and follow me. Praise Jesus. Now Jesus is taking the man to the level of sacrifice now. To say, how much are you willing to, to leave behind because the man was so rich and his confidence was in his riches. And Jesus was teaching him a lesson that your salvation is not just because you obey this, but there must be that sacrifice to follow me. And it is very clear that worldly things 
sometimes stand in our way of total commitment of service to God and following Jesus Christ. Like I said last week, it is possible that we can know all that Christ has said and still not be disciples of him because we are still not obedient to him. God looks for obedience. Amen. And so the Bible says that Jesus said, go and sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. It is in following me that you will have eternal life. Amen. But the Bible says, but when the man heard this, he became very sad. For he was very rich. He was very rich. His riches stands in his way of total commitment to Christ. He wouldn't even believe what Jesus is saying. That the one who is selling, telling you to sell everything is still able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask for. You know, sometimes we want to say we want to walk in Abraham's blessing. And yet we didn't realize that actually God had to test Abraham to give up his only son. Then when he made really the effort in giving him up and was ready to kill, that the Bible says the voice of the Lord came and said, now I know that you believe in me. And as a result of this, God made that statement that is abiding forever. He said that in blessing, I will bless you. And then he went on to say, and anyone that blesses you is blessed. And anyone that curses you is cursed. He didn't say will be cursed. It's a standing order. It means that if you want a curse, just curse Abraham. The curse will just go off. Glory be to Jesus. And it's a very, very important thing for us to do. That's another time in, in teaching on, on blessing. That's why sometimes when certain people are being discussed, I don't talk. When certain men of God are being criticized, I don't talk. Because of some experiences. Amen. Because you never know what kind of declarations have been made over that person. That anyone that blesses is blessed and anyone who curses is cursed. So we come along with self-imposed curses because we just don't know who to touch. May God help us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. That's another time. That's another time. But let's look at this. The Bible says the man became very sad for he was rich. In fact, it is easier, Jesus said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't mean that it is wrong to be rich, but it is actually the fact that we allow the riches to become what we worship instead of God, instead of Christ. We can't leave our riches behind. The Bible talks about the fact that when the word of God is sown in the parable of the sower, the Bible says that Jesus said some people, when the word is sown, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word. Ladies and gentlemen, our arrival, so to speak, on earth or in anything, should be that we are in Christ and not the worldly possessions. Amen. The worldly possessions, they are good, but they must be balanced with the total service of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it is not wrong to be rich. When the Bible talks about the rich man that went to hell, it is not because he was rich. It was because he hasn't accepted the Lord. And Lazarus who went to Abraham's bosom or made it to heaven did not go there because he was poor. Sometimes people think that poverty is synonymous to holiness and righteousness. God is a good God. Amen. 
and he also can bless with riches. It was God who blessed Solomon with riches to the point that the Bible says he made wealth like sand, gold like sand in, in Israel. He had it in abundance and he did not ask for it. He only asked for wisdom. God decided because you have not asked, I will give you riches in abundance. So God is not intimidated when we walk in riches. The question is whether we allow the riches to become a God. Amen. That no matter how rich we become, we still serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And if we are ready to give up anything, then we will get what is a blessing from God that he, there's no sorrow added to it. There are people that have a lot of blessings, but there are sorrows added to them. There are people who go to shrines and they get wealth because they have to go and sacrifice one of their needs. Or a family member. And there's a standing order. So when the sacrifice is not being serviced, every 10 years, somebody has to die in a particular way. And it runs through the family. Then the family's wealth carries on like that. It is a blessing, but it is not one with peace. There are people that are rich, but they don't have peace. But there's a blessing from the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that the key to that is sacrifice. So Jesus said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, sometimes you were thinking about it literally asking, how is it possible that a camel will go through the eye of a needle, the needle that you know? But in the context of here, there is a place between Judea and Samaria called the eye of the needle. Are you here? It is, it is like a cave, but it is not a cave. It is, it is a very winding path. And he's saying that it's easier for a camel to go through to the other side than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's not talking about the literal needle that you have that you can put a thread through and actually hem something. Are you here? Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Is that clear? All right. Now let's move on now. Then the Bible says, those who heard this statement said, who in the world then can be saved? If I have to sacrifice all my wealth, sacrifice everything, and before I get saved, then the Bible says, Jesus replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. Peter then said something. After he heard this, that people can be blessed properly if they sacrifice everything, he now realized that, but they too, they have sacrificed. So he posed a question that was very, very important for us this morning. Hallelujah. When Peter realized Jesus' response to the situation and Jesus' position, on blessing and sacrifice, then he posed the question. He said, we have also left our homes to follow you. Remember, it was not only giving up of our wealth, but he says, when you give it up, follow me. Are you here? The thing is about following him, and the thing that will stand between us and following him are the riches of this world, our poor understanding of what constitutes wealth and riches. Despite all of those things, may there be a desire and a pursuit of Jesus than any other thing. Are you here? That's exactly what Jesus was teaching here. That in order for us to walk in blessing, we must learn to sacrifice something so that we place him as priority. And when we place him as priority, whatever we have sacrificed is well able to replace. And not replace it as in the same volume 
but it's going to be more than what we gave up, only if we will believe him. But there must be a following of Jesus. A follower of Jesus is called a disciple of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that Peter said, we have left our homes to follow up you. New King James says, we have left all to follow you. We have left all. So if you are Jesus this afternoon, you are teaching someone that if they leave everything, they will get a blessing. I'm trying to ask you, we, what happens to us? Because we are not just following you, but we left all to follow you. You remember Peter had a business. His father started a business and he too was working. James and John's father also had a business. Zebedee was his name. And so James and John were also fishermen following daddy's business. And when Jesus called them, the Bible says they left everything and followed him. They left their business and followed Jesus. When we leave anything, we must still follow Jesus. And the Bible says Jesus made that profound statement that we must believe him for. The Bible says when Peter asked the question, Jesus didn't say you are being carnal. Jesus didn't say you are being worldly. What do you need reward for? You have left all to follow me. Jesus then said to him, and I assure you that everyone, somebody say everyone. King James says anyone, no one who has left house or parents or children or brother or wife or children or lands are you here? Glory be to Jesus. For the sake of the kingdom of God and for my own sake, for the gospel's sake. He says, no one, for the sake of the kingdom of God. He says, that person will be repaid many times over. In this life, first session, first session of blessings, in this life, whilst we are on this earth. Amen. Sometimes people say, this sacrifice we are all making, our reward is in heaven. According to Jesus, according to Jesus, there is, reward, there is a reward here too. Who shall not receive many times more? So you are not just going to get the same thing, but you're going to get many times more. And I will prefer the many times more blessing from the Lord than one that I will have to make myself that will not be with blessings. The Bible says that, he says, who shall not receive whilst on this earth, in this life, whilst we are on earth. Many times more in this time. Gold, silver, etc. All of that, if you read the Old King James and you read the Mark 10, 31, you will see Mark 8, 30. You'll find the same thing there. Then he says, who shall not be repaid many times over this in this life. And will also have eternal life in the world to come. Amen. In the world to come, eternal life. In the world to come, there will be eternal life. So you see, when somebody came to ask him about eternal life, he's teaching the person that you are not only going to get eternal life when you sacrifice for me, but you are also going to get whatever you left to follow me. You are going to have more of that on this earth. And then when you check out of this body in an event called death to those who don't have faith, but to those who have faith asleep, 
The Bible says when we cross over to the other side, you have a package of eternal life. Amen. Now that means that to walk in these two levels of blessing, there must be something we give up for something. We must give up something to follow Jesus. You just can't follow Jesus and have all the other two. The other life and Jesus. You must give up something to follow Jesus. The blessings of God comes through sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. Please look at Luke chapter 14. Verse 25 to 27, and then verse 33. The Bible says a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Now, it doesn't mean don't talk to people. It doesn't mean hate as in the word hate. But he's talking about, by comparison, preference. Amen. Which one comes first? He told us about how we walk in the blessing. He said we must give up everything and follow him. Peter said we give up everything. We are following you. What shall happen? He said, yes, you have not lost at all. You will get some things in this earth. I will bless you with some things in this earth. Whatever you have left, you are going to get many more of that. And then in the world to come, you also have the package of eternal life. The Bible says a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Even your own life. So you realize that he's not saying that we must be at loggerheads with our family. Otherwise, how do you, how do you quarrel with yourself? But he's talking about sacrifice. Amen. He's talking about sacrifice. You can't follow Jesus without leaving something to pursue him. He must be the main thing. And that's how we walk in the blessings of the Lord. Amen. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Verse 33. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. This is another message. The same thing he's saying. You can't be my disciple without giving up something. And that's why when we want to follow him, we are to give up an old way of living, an old behavior, an old appetite. But if so long as it's not the will of God, we now have to give it up so that we walk in the blessings of the Lord. So we give up certain characters and certain attitudes and certain behaviors because much as we would have loved them, God does not like them. So we give it up so that we can attain the best from God. You can't walk in certain levels of anointing unless you sacrifice some time in prayer and the word. That's how it happens. It just doesn't happen. So when we want to touch some things in God, it calls for a certain level of sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. Hallelujah. And you will see that even when it came to blessing. We all know the blessing that was pronounced on Jacob. But I am very curious to, 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 to want to know why, even though Jacob was the son of Isaac, 
and Esau was the son of Isaac, when it came to pronouncing that pro prophetic generational blessing, he asked them, whoever brought the thing, the key was sacrifice something for this. It didn't make sense, isn't it? That's why it is important that we understand things spiritually than just looking, standing back, and just condemning. Amen. Because this is the father of these twins. And he's carrying a blessing that was upon himself because God himself said to Abraham that I'm going to give you a son. And out of him, I will bless you and bless the nations of the world. I will make you a father of many nations. It's not going to be Ishmael, it's going to be an Isaac. So Isaac himself is carrying a whole blessing from heaven before he arrived. His name, he belonged to the level of people whose birth and their names were prophesied before they were born. Isaac is not ordinary. He wasn't an ordinary person. He belongs to the category of people like Samuel and John the Baptist and Jesus. Because these ones, their names were given from heaven. The prophecy was very clear who is coming. And so for him, he's carrying his own blessing. But the blessing of Abraham was also on him. Amen. And he realized that the blessing can't go on until it is passed on. Ladies and gentlemen, blessings are passed on. When hands are laid, it looks ordinary, but something moves. And the Bible says when it came to the pronouncement of such a blessing, Isaac made a very strange request. He said in Genesis chapter 27 and the verse number 1, I want us to go through this very interesting story that we all know. The Bible says that one day when Isaac was old and turning blind, he was blind, that he called Esau, his firstborn son, and said, my son. Esau replied, yes, father. He said, I'm an old man now, and I don't know when I may die. Take your bow and a quiver full of arrows and go out into the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. Then, take note of the word, then I will bless you. Hallelujah. Bring it to me so that, praise the Lord, so that, my soul may bless you before I die. Why didn't you just call his son and just lay hands on him? He said, the level of blessing that is supposed to come, I want you to go out and hunt. Now, that is sacrifice. To go out and hunt a particular game. It's not just any fowl I want in the field. I just don't want any goat. The old King James says, venison. Go and get me venison. This is not an animal. For him to go and hunt, that means this type of animal is not something that is common. That's why when Rebecca helped Jacob to play the trick, Isaac still said, why have you come so early? It's, it's too quick. And Jacob was too smart to also lie in the name of the Lord. He said, the Lord your God put it in my way. Now that tells you that the thing 
to, that was supposed to be hunted was not very easy to get. It's difficult. It calls for some sacrifice to pull it. And when you go out to go and risk your life to bring the thing, you must cook it. He, said, he has a wife. He could have said, then bring it and let your mother cook. He said, you must do it. Praise Jesus. That means the boys knew how to cook. And the boys must know how to cook in this house. Glory be to Jesus. I'll preach another message one day. Men who cook in the Bible. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. At least manage to do something. Jermaine, manage to, you know, just play something. Which will be very good for the tummy. That's all. <laughs> Amen. But they, they know how to cook. Because the Bible tells us Jacob cooked. And when Esau returned, he desired it. And he said, if I will give you this. Give up your birthright. You saw the first incident that they had. So the guy has been cooking. And Esau also knew how to cook. So the Bible said, he was told, bring me my favorite dish. Bring it here for me. Then I will pronounce blessing. My soul will bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, there are depths from which blessings come. There is a blessing that just comes from the lips. But there's a blessing that shakes from the soul of the man of God and he pronounced from that level. But what I'm teaching you today is that that blessing, that great generational blessing was not just pronounced. Somebody needed to sacrifice something. And the Bible said that it says, then I will bless you before I die. But Rebecca overheard it. Thank God for the Rebecca's. What Isaac had said to his son Esau. So when Esau left to hunt for the wild game, she said to her son Jacob, listen, I overheard your father say to Esau, bring me some wild game and prepare me a delicious meal. Then I'll bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. Now my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks. Bring me two fine goats. I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then take the food to your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. Why does he need to eat this before he blesses? Sacrifice. There are certain levels of divine blessing that won't touch us unless there is a sacrifice. That's what Jesus was teaching in the, in the New Testament. And I pray this morning that God will open your understanding to understand your sacrifice in the house of God. Hallelujah. Sometimes it may not be money, but it's availability to serve. When we serve Jesus Christ, Jesus is served through sacrifice. Somebody has to give up something. Somebody must intentionally create time that is available to serve God. And that's how we walk in the blessings of the Lord that makes rich and ask no sorrow. And I found out in the word of God that when God is blessing you through sacrifice, that blessing is always transgenerational. Hallelujah. That blessing is always transgenerational. When it comes on you, it hits your children too. And sometimes because of you, your child is preserved in a certain way that you don't understand. But it's linked to your service in the house of God. This morning, determined to serve Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because in the kingdom of God, there is a reward system. And the reward is for those who sacrifice for the Lord. Jesus said, if you give up everything, for my sake and for the gospel's sake. So for Isaac to bless, he understands certain spiritual protocols and he realized that I can't just pronounce this. Something must be paid for that. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Remember, this is not just a pastor going to bless his children and say, bring me this. This is their father. It should just have been easy. But I realize that there are levels of blessings. Somebody say levels. Levels of blessings. It should just be easy. I'm a father. It's, I lay hands on my children every now and then. Anytime we are there, sometimes I just lay hands and speak some things as I'm led. But I don't think it's a, So fathers have been doing this, but this one was different because this is supposed to be transgenerational. Amen. And the Bible says so. He, Jacob went out and got the young goats for his mother. Rebecca took them, reading verse 14. Prepared the delicious meal just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were there in the house, and gave them to her younger son. This is still hard work. Even in pretense, it's hard work. <laughs> Even to pretend to be like Esau was not easy. And Jacob was very smart. He told the mother, hold on, mom. Daddy will curse me if he finds out that I am not Esau. The mother said, let the curse fall on me. My God, what a Rebecca. And I don't blame Rebecca. I believe Rebecca was being spiritually correct. Even though the method may sound funny. And I believe that heaven was also watching and did not move because Isaac was a prophet. And God could have opened his eyes to see the person standing before him. But it is because Isaac was making a spiritual mistake, much as he is correct spiritually to bless. Because the firstborn had really moved. And it has gone to Jacob because Esau sold it some months before or some years before. And secondly, it was Rebecca who did the intercession when she was pregnant. And she checked with God what's going on with me. It was her first that God told you are carrying twins. There were no ultrasound scans in those days. So she knew and God told her also that the oldest will serve the youngest. So what Isaac was about to do is not an ordinary blessing. For him to be given what he wanted, so his soul will bless, it's not going to be ordinary. Church, there is a certain level of blessing pronounced that is not ordinary. It looked ordinary, but it has serious implications for the future. This morning, may God bless you in Jesus' name as you determine to serve him sacrificially. Glory be to Jesus. This blessing was not going to be ordinary. So every time I have read this, I believe that much as we say Jacob stole it, he didn't. It is his. Because somebody sold the thing already. Why do you want to sell your cake, eat it, and want to still have it? So Rebecca was operating and heaven was observing the rules. And realized, I'm not going to open this man's eyes spiritually. He is a prophet. Isaac was a prophet. That's why his prophecy was still standing today. Amen. That's why we still don't hear of the descendants of Esau more than the descendants of Israel. We still have them. Amen. They are still there. That statement pronounced here is still standing. One of the blessings, one of the tenfold blessings pronounced in that short time after he had eaten the thing. He said, I have made you head of your brethren. Your mother's children will serve you. And even when Esau cried and came and said, Daddy, can't you bless me? He said, I have made him your head and I can't change it. Can you imagine? It's just a statement. I've made him your head. I can't change it. I have made him your head. 
and I've made him stronger than you forever. It shall be so. I just can't change it. But that you can just change it. Just put your hand on me and say something. Say the same thing. Say, you don't understand. He has paid the price. I understood it. And I have actually gone into the depths of the spirit. There's a depth a man of God go and makes a certain blessing. May God bless you in this house. As we serve in this house. In Jesus' name. Praise God. So the Bible says, Jacob took the food. <laughs> now the Bible says, Jacob also had another challenge. He said to his mother, Esau is very hairy. I don't have hair at all. Daddy will just feel my hands and my neck, and he will just catch me. And I know what will land on me. His curse will also be permanent. Mommy said, let that curse fall on me. And the Bible says, the goat that was killed, mommy decided to be very fast for Rebecca. My God. Anyway, she comes from a family of tricksters. Remember when he sent Jacob to go and stay with his hair brother, Laban? He tricked Jacob with the first marriage, gave him something. The thing has been the bloodline. May the Lord deliver you from some behaviors. In the name of Jesus. They have been skillful at doing these things. They, they, the thing is there in the family. They, they know how to trick people. He changed Jacob's wages ten times. That's Uncle Laban, mother's brother. So mother too know how to do these things. They, they, they are skillful. So the Bible says she, she used the goat skin, the hair on the goat, and put it on Jacob's neck and on his arms. And that's what confused the man of God. As Jacob approached the father and got the food to him, the father said, why have you brought it so quickly? Then Jacob answered and said, the Lord your God made it possible. He brought me the game quickly. Then he said, but the voice is like that of Esau. Are you sure you are my son, Esau? Jacob said, yes, I am. He said, come closer. He went closer. The father felt the neck and the arms. Then he made a second statement. He said, the voice is like that of Jacob, but the hands are like that of Esau. <laughs> Still, if heaven wants to help him there, he would have opened his eyes. But the blessing must land on the man because he has gotten the food. Amen. Then the Bible says that, so Jacob took the food, verse 18, to his father. My father, he said, well, who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. I've done as you told me. Here is the wild game. Now sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. Isaac asked, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord, your God, put it in my path. Jacob replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come closer so I can touch you and make sure that you are really Esau. <laughs> The old man was still not sure. So Jacob went closer to his father and Isaac touched him. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's. Isaac said, verse 23, but he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy just like Esau's. So Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. But are you really my son? See, you see how the caution, the precaution to announce the blessing. That means this is not an ordinary blessing. You have, you have purchased it. You have paid the price. You have sacrificed your life for that game. Those games, they are not easy to get. But that's what I want. This morning, what can you give up for the Lord? Amen. Your time. Sometimes it's not money. It's your time. Your skill, your talent, your availability for the service of God, for the things of God. May Christ become priority in the name of Jesus. May nothing of this world stand in the way of our service of Christ. 
Amen. And, and the Bible says that, then Isaac said, now my son, bring me the wild game. Let me eat it, and then I will give you my blessing. I want you to take note of the thing. The blessing was not going to be pronounced until that which was sacrificed is given. And then the Bible says, so Jacob took the food to his father, and Isaac ate it. He also drank the wine that Jacob served him. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come a little closer and kiss me, my son. So Jacob went over and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, because they also, the mother was also smart enough to give him the clothes of Esau. So the smell of his son was in it, isn't it? When you are close to people, you know the smell of their body. Amen. You, you, you know that, isn't it? Yeah. Unless you don't know that. We have to pray for your nose. But there's, a, there's a way you can tell. I mean, if you put all my son's clothing and I smell it, I know who is who. I know their body, or I have closeness with them. We, you are able to tell. You will tell. Amen. And so the Bible says that when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was fully convinced and he blessed his son. And he said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. He began to pronounce a tenfold blessing. And that was procured because of sacrifice. Amen. So this is their father, but he wasn't going to pronounce this sort of blessing unless there is a sacrifice. This tells you how things work in the kingdom. That's why he was taking the precautions to be sure I'm blessing the right person. Because the statement looked, sounded so ordinary, but it has wild and, you know, future implications. The Bible says, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. May the Lord bless you. With the smell of the field, with the fields above, and the heavens below. And the Bible says that he talks about so many things as we read on from the verse number 28. From the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth. May God always give you abundance and make the Lord give you the dew of heaven. The fatness of the earth. Hallelujah. And plenty of grain and wine. Continue, 29. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren. Be master over your brothers and sisters. Be master over them. And let your mother's children serve you or bow down to you. Curse be everyone who cursed you. Have you seen it there? And blessed be those who bless you. It means if you bless them, suddenly they will be blessed. If you curse, a curse will come on you straight away. Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had just gotten out of the presence that Esau also came. And the Bible says when he came, he also prepared his food quickly, went to do all the things and brought it to daddy. And the Bible says that he said, let my father arise and eat of his son's game. That your soul may bless me. Carry on. And his father Isaac said, who are you? So he said, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. The Bible says, Isaac trembled. Exceedingly, he was trembling. And said, who? Now, why is this so important? It means that what has come out as a result of the sacrifice can't be changed. Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came. And look at that. And I have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. 
I have blessed him, and indeed he shall be blessed. Daddy, are you not the same person who just uttered these words a few minutes ago? He said, just, just, just add some to me. So you don't understand. There are dynamics in the spirit. This one is gone, and there's nothing we can do about it. He has paid the price, and the blessing has came. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, bless me also, oh my father. And the Bible says, but he said, your brother came with deceit. He has taken away your blessing. And look at that statement. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, birthright, and now look, he has stolen my blessing too. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? And the scripture says, the father said, indeed, I have made him your master. Not by affidavit, deep poll, or anything, but by pronouncement of a blessing. I have made him your master. And all his brethren, I have given him as servants. Amen. It means for generations upon generations, your descendants will serve him. <laughs> I have made him your master. Biologically, you are older than him, but it's not going to change anything. The things I pronounce may sound very simple, but it has serious implications. May we serve the Lord and receive such blessings in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All his family I have given to him as blessings, including you yourself. It was an indirect statement. All his family, including you. <laughs> I have made him your head. I have made him your master. May God bless us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If we look at another example, I'll give you two more examples and then we'll go quickly. In fact, later on, as Esau forced his father could manage some residual blessing. But if you count that, it was only five. Jacob still had ten. If you count the blessings pronounced upon Jacob, it was tenfold blessings. Ten is the number of government. Authority. Amen. And later, for Esau, at least what he got was that he said, after you have stayed under the yoke of your brother for a very long time, one day you shall break it if you persist. Amen. And it was true. When they met 20 years later, Jacob bowed to Esau. But it still doesn't change the fact that they are going to be the greatest. He observed the biological law. He's still his older brother. He honored him. But it still didn't change anything much. Amen. May we carry such blessings because we sacrifice something for the Lord. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. The Bible teaches us about Jesus Christ himself. Today we can mention his name and every knee will bow. It's been 2,021 years after his death and resurrection. And yet when we mention the name of Jesus, there is always a reaction. Even when you sit on a bus and say Jesus, people turn around and look at you. Society has become some way. Today when you mention Jesus anyone, even at work, when you talk Jesus, people, people look at you in some way. This is Jesus, guys. <laughs> There's something about that name. Hallelujah. And it's never been referred to as the late Jesus Christ. Even those who don't believe in him. 
still has never been able to refer to him as the late Jesus Christ. He's still Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Even atheists, atheists, they need the existence of God for their thought to be a viable thought. If there was no God, what would atheists be doing? They need God's presence to say he doesn't exist for them to have a voice. Otherwise, they have no voice. <laughs> they even need God to make money, to be able to write books. <laughs> they need God. God is wonderful. Amen. The Bible says that you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Jesus had a name that is above every name. And that is because of sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. He says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. If we follow Jesus, in order to walk in this level of blessing, we must have a certain mindset and attitude. The Bible says though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Do you see some sacrifice there? He gave up his divine privileges. He left the golden street in heaven. And he came down to first century Palestine to walk in the dust. And to relate with fishermen that he created. So that he could save us. Amen. The Bible says, instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. And was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, verse 9, therefore, because of this sacrifice, he sacrificed his position, sacrificed his privileges. Ladies and gentlemen, when we follow Jesus, sometimes we must understand it is a work of sacrifice. You sacrifice privileges. You sacrifice your position, your rank. You sacrifice your background. You sacrifice financially. You sacrifice your time. And the Bible says Jesus sacrificed all of this. He sacrificed his time. He left heaven and came down. What can you sacrifice for the Lord? Amen. And the Bible says because of this, therefore, 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 therefore is important. As a result of what we have read, therefore, you are coming to conclusion based on certain facts. Therefore, God has highly exalted or elevated him and given him the name that is above other names. So whenever we use the name of Jesus, which is so powerful up to today, it was because some sacrifice went into it. It wasn't just automatic. Amen. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. The knees of witches and wizards bow because somebody paid the price. Jesus paid the price. Jesus, even the Father will not give him a name above every name until he has sacrificed. Even the Son of God. The same thing I was teaching you about Jacob. His own father was not going to pronounce the blessing until there is some sacrifice of going out to hunt the game. The son of God did not get the name that is above every other name unless he sacrificed. He left heaven. He couldn't sit in heaven, relax, say, I've saved all these people. No, you have to go down and pay the price. 
And when he did, the Bible said, he chose to die in our place, sacrifice. He gave up his privileges as God. Hallelujah. He's equal with the Father. He could have also said, hey, hold on. Holy Spirit, why don't you think you should go and die? Why should I go? But the Bible says he went and sacrificed. And the Bible says that, and every tongue declared that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We see again blessing that is beyond that person's life. It's been 2,021 years. This morning we still mention the name of Jesus, demons bow. Hallelujah. You mention the name of Jesus, demons bow. Some time ago, we were casting a demon out of a young lady, and a male voice was speaking. And I said, come out. He also spoke. I am not coming out. It's a male voice. This is nothing to do with transgender. This is demon. <laughs> this is a demon. <laughs> he said, I'm not coming out. <laughs> then he said, I, I was here before. I was here before you got to know her. He was arguing. I continue to use the name of Jesus. I said, stop, stop using that name. I said, you don't tell me what to do. You come out. In the name of Jesus Christ, you come out. Hallelujah. Demons. The name of Jesus. You deal with stuff. Yeah. You pray for somebody and he vomits and vomits and vomits a crab. And the crab is coming. If you are in the church, would you run away? <laughs> Just were surprised. They jumped. And I, I went forward and kicked it. I kicked it further. In the name of Jesus, he fell out of there. Yeah. You vomit crab. The girl is possessed. But the name of Jesus forced it out. In Jesus' name. Oh, when it, if it happens in this church, there will be helter skelter. Stand in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to run towards it. Because you carry the presence and power of God. After all, it was the power of God that provoked the thing. So you can't be running away. Amen. <laughs> hey, hallelujah. Don't be afraid, don't be afraid. But I'm telling you that the name of Jesus is powerful. And that power it's because the Bible says, therefore, because of these things, God has highly exalted him and given him a name. That name just was not powerful. That name was not just procured. Somebody sacrificed. Jesus sacrificed. And even God's own son could not walk under that power unless there is sacrifice. Today, I just came to announce to you, there is a blessing that comes from God. May you have what it takes to sacrifice in the mighty name of Jesus. Finally. Finally, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 9 to 12. 2 Samuel 6, 9 to 12. I have received commandments to bless this morning. And he has blessed and I cannot reverse it. I declare blessings over your life in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you as you sacrifice for the work of God, for the things of God, for the work of the ministry in Jesus' name. Every level of sacrifice you put into the house of God I guarantee you in the name of Jesus, God rewards and God honors. Hallelujah.
The Bible says, God is not unrighteous to forget your good works and your labor of love for the saints. God is not unrighteous. God rewards. 2 Samuel 6, verse 9 to 12. This was after, you know, when David became king, the Bible says the ark of the Lord, which carries a symbolic presence of the Lord, has been kept in a place since King Saul returned. Um, under the days of Saul, the ark was brought back from the, from the Philistine territory. And they kept it somewhere. But the Bible says when David became king, he decided that he would bring the ark to Jerusalem and build a place for it. Because he said, how can I be staying in a paneled house and the ark of God staying in tents? And so they set up a place. And on the day they were bringing the ark, there was a, an accident. The Bible says God has made it very clear from the days of Moses that nobody touches the ark. Even the priests don't touch it. They are poles to be used to lift it. But as they were bringing it in, because the way the Philistines brought it was because it was on a cart and a donkey, they decided to follow the same thing. But you have a covenant with God. You don't follow what the world does. Amen. There's a way God wants you to handle his presence, not the way the world thinks. So the Philistines don't have any covenant with God. So they could do what they were doing and they brought the thing. But when you should know better, the Bible says whilst they were having the procession and people were dancing and praising God and bringing the ark towards Jerusalem, the donkeys that were pulling the ark, one of them stumbled and the ark almost fell. Obed, the Bible says that there was a man called Obed, but before him there was a man called Uzzah. He was a Levite. Levi, he thought that Uzzah thought that the ark was going to fall. So he tried to hold it. He had good intentions, but he used the wrong method. And God killed him on the spot. In church. To worship. So everybody became afraid. That's why the Bible says in verse 9. David was afraid of the Lord from that day. How can I ever bring the ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided not to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. Nobody wants to touch the thing. Everybody is afraid of it. The king is afraid. All the priests were afraid. His officers were all afraid of the ark of God. And they took it to a man called Obed-Edom. As the chiefs will say, they have taken the thing that is not good. It's only the pig that we give it to. That's a simple summary of the statement I just made. <laughs> so they took it the thing to obey the house. He should sacrifice his family for the thing. Nobody wants, even David, who met God, doesn't want to touch the thing. Nobody wants to have the thing. You can't leave it on the street. They have to force it and take it to somebody's house. But I'm sure that he would have volunteered. Say, okay, you bring it. The Lord will help us. This thing that everybody is afraid will kill them. You are bringing it here so it kills me and my family. Why are you the king? Doesn't want to have it. All the priests who go in there, you don't want to have this? Nobody wants to sacrifice their home for this. Obed Edom took it in. And the scripture says, the ark of the Lord remained there in Obed Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed Edom. Are you here? What nobody is ready to lift in church, can you lift it? The Bible says, and the Lord, the Lord blessed, he didn't bless David, he blessed the man who carried the presence. 
It's the church in your house. It's the presence of God in your house. It's a sacrifice. It's something nobody ready to take in church. Are you ready to lift it in church? May God help us to serve in the mighty name of Jesus. When he did so, the Bible says he didn't pray. So long as he decided that I will sacrifice for this thing everybody's afraid of. I will take care of this thing that carries the presence of God that nobody wants to take. God began to bless. The blessing is undefined. Material blessing, health blessing, spiritual blessing, generational blessing, business blessing. Blessing of the household, the household. That means it's not only that person, but household. Anybody related to him, they are affected by the blessing. And it is the blessing of the Lord. And that blessing is not hidden. The blessing of the Lord is never hidden. It becomes obvious to everybody. This morning I pray that you understand this message. Amen. And everything Obededom had because of the ark. Hallelujah. Because of the ark. Look at the next verse. So David, the Bible says in verse 12, Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed the house of Obededom and all that belongs to him. All that belongs to him, including the animals. The cattle and everything, they are all looking good. And people could see the blessing. How did they know the Lord has blessed him? The thing is obvious. Praise God. May you walk in the tangibility of the blessings of God. As you decide to serve God in a way others are not serving. May you take your sacrifice to the next level. Like Obedidom, the Bible says, and God blessed him. And David was told, the Lord has blessed the house. Because this guy, we know him. Before he started serving in the church this way. And now we are seeing things are working for him. The lines are falling for him in pleasant places. The lines are falling in the workplace. Promotion upon promotion. And you are asking, but what have I done? Because you are carrying the ark of the Lord. You are lifting some heavy things in the house of God. Glory be to Jesus. There are some people, they are carrying some heavy stuff in this house. And it won't take too long, you begin to see some levels of blessing. Amen. In fact, what is, what is happening to them now is even at a minimum level. There is a blessing of the Lord. May you sacrifice in Jesus' name and understand these principles in the word of God. These are laws that you activate in the word. Not only the person, but anything around the person. All that he has, even his shoes are blessed. Rats and lizards in the house get blessed. <laughs> All the cockroaches look very nice. <laughs> the preservation of the law, the protection of the law upon he, his wife, his children, and everything. The Bible says the Lord bless him, his household, and everything. Exactly how God blesses. One day Satan himself told God that. He said, does Job serve you for nothing? Is it not because he serves you that you have actually put a hedge of protection round about him and all that he has and all his children and all his business? Everything. That's how God blesses. May we learn to walk with this God. That's the same thing he was telling Peter. You have sacrificed for me. Peter, I promise you, it's not going to be only you, but I'm going to bless you here on this earth. Whatever you gave up, you are going to get more of that. This is how God works. May we understand him that way. And all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. And David said, Queh. 
Let me get up and go and get it. Look at David. So David went and brought the ark. <laughs> Why did David go for the thing? He said, the thing is a blessing. It looked like a threat, but it's a blessing. This thing is too heavy to take, but it's a blessing. It looks too risky to sacrifice here, but there's a blessing there. He went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obededom to the city of David with gladness. <laughs> The thing carries something. It looks insignificant, but it carries blessing. In the name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you this morning. May the Lord give you a heart of service and sacrifice. You will not, in Jesus' name, serve God in vain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you with a tenfold blessing as you labor in the service of God. As you sacrifice something, Obedidom sacrificed. To take what nobody wanted to take in the name of Jesus. When nobody wants to come out for evangelism, you go out for evangelism. And nobody wants to carry all the, the things in the church. They are very heavy. I tell you, these carpets and things, and Dikinata and his team, they will walk in some blessings. They will walk in some blessings. This sacrifice, this sacrifice, this sacrifice. Albert, position yourself. The kind of blessings coming, you will need shoulders to carry it. In the name of Jesus. It's a risk. It's a risk. Some of them took during the COVID time. I've been praying, I've been praying for them. <laughs> they will walk in blessings. For the Bible says God has never left himself without a witness. In the name of Jesus. And the blessing becomes visible. I said it becomes visible. In Jesus' name, may God prosper us. May God bless you. May God honor you. May God give you a heart of sacrificial service in the things of God, in soul winning, in discipleship, in joining a department, in doing anything for God. Bless God first. Follow Jesus. Pay the price and see what God will do. Trust him this morning. In the name of Jesus, shall we rise and begin to pray in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory. Let your people experience the power of your word. That we have heard today. In the name of Jesus. Sacrifice. 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 Your labor in the Lord. Will not be in vain. Your labor in the Lord. Will not be in vain. Your labor in the Lord. Will not be in vain. Your labor in the Lord. Will not be in vain. Please put this scripture on there for us to pray on shortly before we go this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Let this scripture inspire you to pray for grace to serve God. I said, whatever you sacrifice for, sacrifice means giving up something in pursuit another. That thing which you want to pursue, you must have a revelation that it is very valuable. Very valuable. If we don't see our sacrifice of God as valuable, we can't really sacrifice God. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Immovable. Means don't let anything move you. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And knowing, you must have that knowing, that your labor is not in vain 
always abounding. Abounding in the service of God. And you must have the knowing. When we lack the knowing, we'll just think, am I not wasting my time here? What is all this? But when we have the knowing, it says your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah.